Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the toast and happy Tuesday. Hope everybody's having a great day. Speaking of choosing and the girl I always choose. Your first choice. It's a lady's choice, choice, choice. I'm the ladies. Do, 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 do. It's Jax. It's me. Hey, Latter de Lou in the two ones day. Latter de Lou in the two one two. Latter de Lou on the ones and two. Turner Lou is always on the ones and the twos. So true. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the toast, everybody. I'm still coming down from my Disney high, and now I'm in a Disney content high. Like last night, Olivia and I recorded a Disney podcast episode that was over one hour, recapping our time at Disney, answering everybody's questions. I think we got to everything, like everything that happened, every thought in my head, every question that people had. I think we covered the gamut. And so now I'm just like, reliving the days I need to listen and that's to the a episode. fun place to I be. haven't listened to it yet because Jackie put it up immediately the people needed to know what you know the tea was so I haven't been able to listen to it but let me tell you I've literally never been so excited to listen to something oh I'm so excited for you to listen to it and actually Zach Shapiro makes a cameo at the end obsessed because he felt like he was misrepresented on the toast he called and me he wanted to clear he wanted to clear his name and so I said Liv have him record an audio recording speaking his, his truth statement. and I'll put it at the he, he put out a statement at the end of the episode with his thoughts on Disney okay that's so funny and he called me too kind of like feeling as though we besmirched his good name on the episode of the toast and I just want to say the fact that he listens to the toast like obsessed yeah everyone was kind of listening to the toast to see what we thought about Disney I it's such a thing Disney it is it's crazy it is a thing and having put one foot into that world it's hard to like just toggle between two different worlds one of a magical elf I mean that's how Harry Potter felt and the other of a realistic elk um I cannot wait to listen to that episode and what's so exciting is that if you're a Patreon member, you'll obviously be able to listen to that recap with Olivia and Zach and Jackie. But tonight we're doing a special live podcast episode, which is something before Jackie moved back to New York and things got a little hectic. We used to do once a month and then we totally forgot about it. And then the other day we were like, wait, remember Freaking Fred, our iconic monthly live podcast on YouTube? And we're doing it again tonight. So 8 p.m. Eastern time. It's not too late. If you want to become a Patreon member, join live. You can comment live. We're all going to be like just chilling, laughing, giggling, having a cocktail. Like it's going to be so much fun I've missed these live episodes and actually I haven't done one for my new apartment exciting I'll be here in the studio live show it's morning toast live show at 8 p.m it's evening toast live show it's morning toast live also I'm getting a haircut today at six o'clock your hair looks like it just was cut oh thank you it wasn't I'm like so sick of my hair which is why I'm getting a haircut that I've been doing I did something different with it I was going to say, like, your hair looks different, so how are you sick of it? But that makes sense. It looks different because you're sick of it. I dice an air wrapped, which makes it shorter. I do feel like my hair is too long. That's why it looks, like, a little fresh today. But um, it will look much better tomorrow. And I think if you want to see the haircut, like, you know, before everyone else. Sneak peek. You got to join the YouTube live podcast for the toast, Freaking Fred, January episode, Never Too Late. Sign up at patreon.com slash the toast. 
Yeah, it's never too late to become a patron because we'll always be there and we'll always be churning out new content, but it's time. Like the Patreon is popping. That's where it goes down in the Patreon. I feel like we're always on this show talking about things that happened on the Patreon. Yeah. And if you want the whole 360 view of the toast. And you do. You've got to be a patron. And you do. You don't want to just be looking at it two-dimensionally. Uh, life is so much better in 3D. Yeah, that's why we wore our 3D glasses for Mickey's Philhar Magic. Exactly. Except I have to be honest, I hate 3D glasses, Headache. movies. Like, oh my God, Donald's like flying at my face, throwing pots and pans. Like, calm down, Donald. Calm down, Donald. He can't. And also, are you supposed to be able to understand what Donald is saying? You know how he talks like okay, you're, a duck? He's like, you've got the wrong bitch no, no. here. Like, I don't know. Sorry, I'm not asking you. I'm oh. asking the broader audience. The broad audience. Donald talks <laughs> like, and, but Wait, he's saying stuff. That's so good. That was like a really good. Classic Donald. I think you are supposed to understand him now. I don't think so because it's so unintelligible. So maybe, seriously, like he's supposed to represent like nonverbal. There are kids who are nonverbal and like maybe that's his. That's true. That's, that's his true. role. I want to know if we're supposed to understand Donald because if we are like he's too difficult to decipher and if we're not, it's like, well, why are we listening to nonsense? Right. And it's like, when you do understand him, he is saying things. So it's like, nobody hears Donald. What about what Donald thinks? I feel like Donald is literally in a prison of his own mind. Yeah, but it's also nice for him because I feel like he gets to remove himself from the Mickey drama. and Mickey's ego and Mickey's narcissism. Which, when I watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, like it really is becoming crazy how Mickey is <laughs> Kim Jong-un. <laughs> totally you know totally. but then when when I went to Disney I had an appreciation for Mickey and his what I would instead call branding right because like let's not forget like he was the first bitch here he invented this whole family so let's yeah. just yes he's definitely a diva egomaniac giving you know Victoria justice energy having said that I do feel like he's earned the right right like what he's built is incredible but when I watch what the show he's it's, it's even built crazy. is incredible <laughs> It's even crazy when you watch the show, Mickey's ears are never, like if he turns to the side, his ears are still facing the front. Like he's never actually caught out where like he always two circles facing you, no matter if he had turned any degree. Hmm, I wonder what the symbolism is there. Because it's like they are going so hard for the Mickey branding, the ears. The yeah, Mickey you're ears. right. I mean, they're selling It works. Ears. But, but then when you see Mickey at Disney World, like, his ears aren't like that. And he's a real boy too. And Mickey has feelings too. It just really humanizes Mickey. Mm, I get it. You know? I do, I do. You really see him in a new light. Yeah. Like, Mickey has a fupa. Oh. <laughs> Wait, am I Mickey? <laughs> Wait, Mickey does have a fupa low-key and those pants are super unflattering. Yeah, but it's humanizing. Yeah, and is Mickey supposed to be like a child or a 97-year-old man? Mickey is an elder, not 97, but I would say Mickey is in his 30s, 40s. That's weird. I guess so. And then also, Mickey and Minnie, brother and sister or husband and wife? Com so unclear, it's disgusting. I think that they are husband and wife, but there's a lot of things that it could go either way. Like in one of the books that we have, they have nieces and nephews. Morty and Ferdy and Millie. Right, so. And it's like they could be still the aunts and uncle from being brother and sister or by marriage. Okay, no, they're definitely married because like what are the odds that Mickey and Minnie, if they're siblings, they both don't have kids? 
Oh, they have another. Oh, yeah, and where did there's, where, whose are the parents? Who are the parents of Forty and Murdy and Millie? Nikki has a brother or sister. He, he acts like an only child. He does act like an only child. And I don't know. We're going to need a family tree stat. We are. But I'm sure one exists because the world of Disney, it doesn't happen by happenstance. Yeah. Like everything is very much tethered. It's so thoughtful. And it's like, it's yeah. well thought out. And there definitely is like a Disney library where they have all the archives. And there's a family, there's definitely a family tree there. Yeah, for sure. I... Just can't believe we're in our like Disney. We're talking about Disney era. Like I never thought we would be there. I'm kind of like a hater, but that such is life. Like my life recently is just talking about and enjoying things like I used to make fun of, and I just need to get over it. No, every day it's more and more with you. Like the person that you are, it's shocking. I know. I'm glad that you're aware. Yeah, of course. I'm not blind. Like duh. But the way 2020 you would clown on 2024 you is wild. And if, but 2024 you is clowning on 2020 of you. Of course, you know, Downton Abbey comes to mind, which reminds me that I um, attempted again last night to watch The Gilded Age season two. And I didn't realize, I've tried already, I think like three times. I am only on episode two and it's like unwatchable. So it's not a good show, it's but not. we're so desperate for content of that elk yeah. that we all pretend like it is and we just accept it. And we all, no one wants to say to Julian Fellows, like, you done messed up. Yeah. Because it's Julian Fellows. There are a lot of things wrong with the show. And I think the biggest one is like Cynthia Nixon never should have been a part of that show. Like, she's just, it's the least believable thing on the planet. I'm sorry. It's like, why is Miranda Hobbs cosplaying? It's just too much. Yeah. And and I said this on the phone and it's going to be a really honest and kind of mean thing to say. There is nobody on the show, boy or girl, who's like really 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 beautiful or handsome. And like they're all just kind of like average looking and I don't know, I just want to watch a show of beautiful people. That's how I feel. That is like something that's important to me when I watch a show and there are some shows that come to mind that I had obstacles getting into because I didn't see the beauty. Right, like in the, it. the screen is for the exceptionally beautiful, right? And like, where are they? Yeah, yeah especially when the storyline is about how one person is like captivating the town, mm -hmm. and it's like, well, you have to be captivating then. Yeah, no, and the acting is just bad, and it's like it really is giving community. It's theater. so community theater, even the set. The set, that street, sixty first like, street, like fraudulent. It's so fraudulent. I think the woman who's cast as the new money neighbor across the street is a, really one of the worst castings. <laughs> like she's that's so funny. I really I like actually, her I really character. Like her. I like her character, and I like her as an actress, but not together. No, not one person that I see on the screen like you could ever ever make me believe actually is living in that time period. Except weirdly, Mrs. Astor. She's so classic. Yeah. No, it's it's community theater, and I like I am. We'll I'm officially giving up on the show. Okay, maybe you should watch The Buccaneers. Okay. I think you would like it because it's like old-timey vibes with like Gen Z attitudes. It's like Bridgerton. <clears throat> Last night I also started to watch, maybe I was just having a night where I couldn't get into stuff, which happens all the time. I started to watch season two of The Traders on Peacock because everybody's talking about it. And mostly I just wanted to watch it because my girl Mercedes Chavid is on there. And like she's just reality TV gold. And then I realized they had some other good cast members, especially mostly from Bravo. They had... um. 
Phaedra, also another professional reality star, Tamara Judge. But there were like a lot of people who I didn't know because they cast from like Big Brother, Survivor, MTV's The Challenge. And so honestly, I knew less than half. I would say maybe I knew five characters and it was uninteresting and I turned it off. And do they have any lay people on the show? No. And it's weirdly hosted by Alan Cummings. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, he obviously just like pre-records in a studio and then like is the host. No, they filmed at this like palace in Scotland. It was actually really sick. And I've seen that. And he's there, like there with them, like doing the challenge, not like doing the challenges, but like hosting. Involved. I wonder why he took that gig. It's so incongruous with everything we know about him. I just feel like Alan Cumming, once you think you figured him out, he goes and swerves on you. Yeah, I one time saw Alan Cumming riding a bike in the city and I was like, oh my God, that's Alan Cumming. I like said it out loud because I was like having the discovery and he was like, it is Alan Cumming and then just kept driving. It was actually like... So, such a New York moment. Classic Alan Cummings. C-A-C. I imagine that was a hard last name to grow up with. He seems to have persevered. Yeah. How was I just having this conversation with? I forget who. But it was like, talking about how celebrities are kind of like, for the most part, and I mean traditional, not influencers or models, like traditional celebrities who act or sing, are for the most part like geeks trapped in the bodies of extremely good looking people. Because um, when you think about it, like they really all were like theater nerds and they were never the popular kids. Yeah. So you see them in interviews and they're acting weird and everybody's like, this is weird. It's really not. No, I think a lot of people realize that, that the actors and actresses are the theater kids from your class. Yeah. But it's weird because, you know, those aren't always the most beautiful people in the classroom, but then they all become beautiful in Hollywood. Yeah, it's weird how like, or, or maybe that's just the Hollywood magic is like they only select the beautiful. The beautiful theater geeks. Right, right, right. That's a good point. Or I was going to say, you know, a little money and connections can make anyone beautiful. Maybe well, we're all just, you know, ugly ducklings waiting to bloom. I'm wearing a belt and it's like literally making me physically ill. Goodbye. Goodbye, belt. Good day. Hey, look at look at my belt. Good day, belt. Oh my God. So much better. Did you just want to show us your belt? No, actually, yes, I am wearing an Hermes belt, but I put the H in the back. Like it's not what I it wasn't the vibe today. You're not Billie Eilish on the toilet. No. At that award show. <laughs> your mind is a sponge. Like, how do you remember actually, that? Actually. I remember it because I was going to wear an outfit today and I was like, have I worn this on the toast recently? And so I scrolled on our Instagram to see mm. if I wore it recently and I did. And while I was scrolling, I saw a title called, hey, look at my belt. <laughs> so your belt today reminded me of that. That I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my trade secrets on that one. I don't have the best memory ever. Also, it's worth noting that yesterday's episode like might have been my favorite episode. I'm, I think I've watched the whole episode like three times. I was cackling so hard. We were both being just... So funny. And when it came to sports now, of course, here I have to correct something we said. Yes. Joe Burrow's injured. <laughs> Brock Purdy is a rookie. Like, seriously, you guys? Shut up. Like, we don't care. We know we're wrong. We're having fun. This well, is but no, but the thing is, like, for real, like, this show is for fun. So when you come in the comments with your fact-checking energy, like, fuck off. Go do that at, like, CNN, MSNBC. Like, not us. We're just having fun. Like, facts are just not important here. They're really not. Eat my ass. No, they're really not. And I just want to say, like, the, they weren't corrections. Like, I wasn't saying Brock Purdy is underpaid no, because of way, his talent. Like, we didn't say Brock Purdy is not a rookie. Like, we know. 
But seriously, like so this- he's underpaid because he's early on in the league. But I will always cite this as precedent. There was a player on the Cowboys who like just woke up one day and decided he deserved to be paid more. We, we stand. I think it was know your worth. Um, I I forget which player it was. It might have been like Ezekiel Elliott was his name. And Zach and I like would debate like should he get more money because he was a really good player. But like the Cowboys had gone nowhere. Like wait your turn right and actually jerry paid him more and then he continued to stink Ooh. and they've got still gone nowhere now he's like not even on the team and so a few years later i got to say to zach like told you so uh, good thing you're not holding on to it no because it, it really was just like we really disagreed mm-hmm. he really thought that he should get paid more and i really thought like you need to earn your stripes no and, and finish just, out your contract it's not how but it in works. this situation right. brock purdy has taken them to the conference championship now twice. Like, even before his contract is up, he deserves more money. I know he's a rookie. Or a bonus. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. But but in that situation, I just felt like the Cowboys hadn't done any. Yeah, maybe that one player was playing good, but, like, the team didn't go anywhere for him to – like, even if Block Block, Brock – was playing really good, but like, you know, they didn't win this past game or whatever. No, no raise, no dice. But two conference championships in a row. Jackie, Brock Purdy is the Jeremy Lin of the NFL. Are you familiar with Lin Sanity? Yes. For anyone who's not. Really tall? No. Many, many years ago, the Knicks were like, you know, having a bad season again. And like every single player was injured that they literally put on in the last five minutes of a game, a player who I don't even think was suited up. Like his name was Jeremy Lin. He went to Harvard and he was probably the lowest paid NBA player of all time. And I don't think he ever set foot on the court in an actual game. They got so desperate. They threw him on in the last five minutes. This kid scored a million points that the next game they started him. And they called it Lynn Sanity. I think it was a series of like 10 games where the Knicks did not lose, all because of Jeremy Lynn. Now, it eventually fizzled out, and he's like a decent player now, and he gets like good contracts on different teams. But the city was alive with Lynn Sanity. Like, it really ushered in this like crazy wave of fandom. And you know what? He deserved a bonus for that. Right? Yeah. He, I think I read he somewhere he was something. making like $200,000. Yeah, but typically I'm like, you should finish out your contract. But I also think it's a case-by-case situation. If you're doing incredible, remarkable things, yeah, you should get a bonus. A merit-based bonus? Who doesn't love that? Yeah, based on like performance benchmarks. Yes. And honestly, like, there are a lot of players, I think, on the 49ers who are paid very well because a lot of the players there, this is what I was saying yesterday, have been on the team for like five, six, seven years. And like, they've put in the work and they, I think, have really good salaries. And, you know looking around it's not fair I agree yeah anyway so those were the two and Joe Burrow was injured that's why they didn't go far yeah I just like the the sports things it's like either the people who comment on our sports commentary are girls who like watch sports before and they definitely feel territorial and they know more and honestly they're annoying as fuck or it's like men being like I just lost three brain cells. And it's like, you didn't even have three to oh, start yeah. with, please. Our our sports show from yesterday, like, clearly reached people no, outside I, of the toast, they, which is what it's designed to do. And, way, and thank you. On TikTok, when something like that happens, they say, like, it reached the wrong side of TikTok. No, it did. I wouldn't even say it reached the wrong side because, like, we're putting out content and we're hoping that people outside of toasters will see it. That's the best case scenario. But some of those people are curmudgeons. Curmudgeons. Bring their energy to the comment section. And you just have to learn to scroll past it. They're like, 
Oh, I guess anyone could have a podcast these days. Really? Not, no, not one that millions of people watch, ugly bitch. No, but factually, yes, anyone can have a podcast. It's a beautiful medium that has democratized media. having a voice. Yeah, no, that's kind of the beautiful part of the medium is the democracy of it all. That anybody can have one and the cream will rise. Yeah. Yeah. Love that, Jax. So, yes, I called us the cream. Or creme, as they say in France. We are cream, you are curmudgeon. That's the new, like, I am rubber and you are glue. (laughs) We are cream, you are curmudge. Are we cream or are we creme? We're really cream. Well, it depends if we're feeling French, la. It depends where we are. Yeah. Which hemisphere? (sighs) We're constantly moving hemispheres. Constantly. Like... <clears throat> it's kind of hard to keep up with us. Oh, also, I saw something on Twitter that was like so not real, you know, no ba- a baseless rumor that the NFL and Christian Juszczyk are apparently in talks to like be working together for merchandise. I saw that you sent me a tweet from like it was like an NFL fan account mill. I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. Where there's smoke, hopefully there's fire. That would make sense. Yeah. Fingers crossed. So now I think without further ado to do to do. Yeah. Are we talking about the Oscar get, noms? Are we talking about the Oscar noms? We are. Okay. Without further ado to do to do, here are the Fast Five stories that you need to know. And the Fast Five stories that you need to know are brought to you by Quince. Who doesn't love the good things in life? Even though we enjoy a little luxury, that doesn't mean we always want to be paying for it. Until we discovered Quince, our now go-to for luxury essentials at affordable prices. I just actually was watching this girl on TikTok do a Quince try-on haul, and it made me want to place another order because she had like a really cute sort of ivory silk skirt. It was very cute. So Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices within reach. So they offer things like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Because Quince partners directly with top factories, they are cutting out the cost of the middleman and passing the savings on to you. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which we love. And at the end of the day, the Quince quality speaks for itself. I have many pieces now that have aged so well. They get better with time. I have cashmere sweaters. I've got great slacks. I really go to Quince for like the staples. Nothing there is insane looking. Like it's all good, basic, what do they call it? Capsule wardrobe pieces that you need to have in your wardrobe. You can wear them a million times a week, different ways, styling them. No one will know you're wearing the same pants. So give yourself the luxury that you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash toast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash toast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash toast. Today's episode. Oh my God, excuse me. Not me burping in the game time ad. Today's classic twice. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. They paid extra for that. (laughs) By Game Time. You should not have to worry when to buy tickets for your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Did you say sports, Trudy? I did. I did. With killer last-minute deals, all-in pricing, views from your seats, and their best price guaranteed, GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They have all-in prices 
uh, that show your total upfront. You're going to know exactly what you're getting and that you're getting a great deal before you check out. You can buy tickets in seconds with literally just two taps. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. And you can find exclusive flash deals for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you'll pick the section and game time will pick the seats for big time savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code toast for $20 off your first purchase. That's uh, code toast, T-O-A-S-T. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code toast, T-O-A-S-T for $20 off. There's really nothing worse than buying a ticket. And by the time you get to check out, it's almost double the price that it was when you first saw it. I like that game time, all their pricing is all in. So what you see is what you're actually going to pay. Download game time today. It's last minute tickets. It's lowest prices. It's guaranteed. Thank you, La. You're welcome. Our first story, the 2024 Oscar nominations are here. Barbie, Oppenheimer, all the movies among the nominees. So we'll talk about the nominees and we'll talk about the snubs. Sounds good? I like, yeah, sure. Best picture, the big category. Everything's nominated here. American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest. By the way, it's worth mentioning that Oppenheimer led is leading with nominations, 13 nominations, followed by that Emma Stone movie, Poor Things, which has 11. Wow. Killers of the Flower Moon has 10, even though Leo did not earn Best Actor nomination, even though his... Um, his opposite, uh, Lily Gladstone, yeah. got Best Actress, and Robert De Niro got Best Supporting. So it was nominated for everything except for him. And the, Barbie scored eight nominations, even though Greta Gerwig was, right. so, didn't get Best Director, and Margot Robbie didn't get Best Actress. I, I really can't talk about the Barbie movie because the nut jobs come out. But I just want to say, I saw the movie, and I actually like I enjoyed my time at the theater. It's not an Oscar film. And so... The fact that Ryan Gosling was nominated, like, I'm sorry, you're kidding me. Like, that's just not, it's not serious. And so, yes, I understand why people are mad, like, because Greta Gerwig not getting nominated and Margot Robbie not getting nominated. Like, if we're going to nominate someone from Barbie, like, it should be Greta Gerwig or Margot Robbie. It shouldn't be Ken. But I actually don't think the movie should be nominated. Like, when I put it up against the other films. Yeah, didn't see it, so I can't say, but it seems to be a non-serious film. That- no, no, I wouldn't say that. Like, in, on its face, it's not serious. But there's a message, like, I know, like, I get it. But I just don't think it's of the caliber of an Oscar film. Because the Oscars have separated themselves from pretty much every other award show. They're very cinematic. They're very artsy. They're very fancy. They're very highbrow. Yeah. Barbie also, was extremely Barbie was commercial. Nominated- Barbie was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, so that is for Greta. So it's not like she was totally okay. snubbed. And Margot Robbie's a producer, so if they win Best Picture, she is credited as a producer. Her so, acting was actually, uh, like, really excellent. Yeah, but it's like you can't say Barbie was even snubbed because it has 10 nominations. So it's like, okay, so it didn't get all 12 in every category. Like, that's not a snubbing. No, it's not. But, like, the two women responsible for it don't get nominated, but, like, Ryan does, and his character was But the Oscars jacky. are, like, so... His character a- was so stupid. Like, you... But I heard so many people that he was their favorite part of the movie. Not me. Not for you, but, like, that was the consensus. Like, was Ken it? was so funny. That's what I, that's like what I have distilled from everything I've seen and heard. Like I he thought Margot Riley was funnier. Interesting. Like for sure. America Ferreira got a Best Supporting Actress nomination. 
Okay. Like, I, I just, I really don't agree, but I really don't want to get into the whole Barbie thing. People become so unhinged. Ugh. Yeah. No, but I feel like most of these movies got nominated in every category. It's like, I don't know. I feel like Oscars also just want to, like, please everyone. They just don't want to be in trouble anymore. No, that was, like, a lot of nominees that you just cited for Best Picture. Yeah. I feel like it used to be, then, like, five. What? I feel like it used to be, like, five or six. Now it sounds like eight. No, this is five, ten. <gasps> that is a lot. Yeah. It's I guess it's, like, it's giving the more the merrier. It's giving we're more all winners. The w- and now everyone can come to the awards show, but still only one has to win. So what do you think will be the movie at the Oscars? Like, last year was everything, everywhere, all at once. I think it'll be um, Oppenheimer. I think so, too. Because I know Based on nothing, I just know, based on vibes. Based on vibes. And based on vibes, like, the other movies that are, like, just as good or, like, giving poor things and Killers of the Flower Moon. But I'm sorry, commercial success, like has to mean something and the way people flock to the theaters to see Oppenheimer the way it had such commercial success like that has to play a factor in over like an art film yeah while also being of the Oscars elk exactly. like I think for the Oscars Academy like they're like great these are the kind of movies that we like and people liked it too no brainer yeah yet somehow I'm sure they'll fumble the ball yeah yeah now for best actress also, I like how Maestro just like became a movie that gets nominated for all these awards when four people saw it no, Maestro was a movie that was made in order to get nominated. Bradley Cooper played this role so that he could be nominated yeah. for an Oscar. Yeah. It wasn't made, like, to be seen. Because I don't think anyone saw it. No, and it's so crazy because, like, I'm the type of person who would see it. No, and it's also so crazy because it's on Netflix. They couldn't make it easier. Yeah, no, there's something going, like, the Maestro thing is weird. Maestro feels like an art movie that you can only go and see if you, like, you go to the end. Sundance. But it's on Netflix. No, it's weird. And I feel like he's doing a lot promo-wise. Like, he brought his daughter to the thing, which he never does. And it was like, yeah, there was pictures. But, like, nobody saw it still. Just nobody went to go to Netflix. I don't know someone who's seen it. I haven't heard a review. I haven't heard um, a whisper. It's like an industry plan sort of movie that just gets made so that, like, these people can get their Oscar noms. Maestro is an industry plant. Yes, it is. <clears throat> Best Actress. Annette Benning, Nyad, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Hewler, Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, Emma Stone, Poor Things. Who do you think? Emma Stone. Yeah. Best Actor. Bradley Cooper, Maestro, Coleman Domingo, Rustin, Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers, Chillian Murphy. Killian. Killian, okay. Oppenheimer, Jeffrey Wright, American Fiction. Bradley Cooper. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Said nobody ever. Killian. Killian. Yeah. Give it to Killian. Best Supporting Actress. First nomination for Emily Blunt. Oppenheimer. Oh, Danielle. I'm so happy for her. Yeah. Danielle Brooks, The Color Purple, America Ferreira, Barbie, Jodie Foster, Nyad, Devine Joy Randolph, The Holdovers. I have no idea, but I love Danielle Brooks. She was my favorite in um, Orange is the New Black. I don't know. I didn't see any of these movies, and I didn't see like hype for any of these particular performances either. America Ferreira you saw. Oh, And you yeah. hyped her up. Did you? Did you like her speech or you didn't? You're trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but I did recall saying that, like, everybody was fingering themselves to her monologue. And I actually thought her monologue was giving, like, Pinterest board cringe millennial energy. I just, <laughs> please spare me the comments about Barbie movie. Like, I don't care. We need to um, hide the word Barbie. Yes. From our comment yes. section. Yes. Brilliant. They're going to spell it with two E's. Barbie. 
Be like a star for the end. Yeah, yeah, they, they know. You shouldn't have said it, Jackie. Sorry, they, la. Then they wouldn't know. We won't do it. Best Supporting Actors, Sterling K. Brown, American Fiction, Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr., Jr. Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling, Barbie, Mark Ruffalo, Poor Things. Don't care. You know? Like, don't <laughs> yeah. care. Yep. Best Director. Actually, I feel like you don't have to keep going. Actually, are there any women directors in there? I think there were three. Oh, Wow. Or it's like three women directors in the movies that were nominated for movie of the year. But actually, I guess I could look at these names. These are not of the elk of women. Oh, wait, no. Justine Trite, Anatomy of a Fall. I think that's a woman. So one out of five? Uh, yeah. Yeah. One so out of So that's why Greta didn't get it. They're like, we check the box, girl. You're usually our box check. That's like, not that Greta Gerwig isn't deserving. That's not what I'm saying. That's why the Oscars do it. They like have to have one. You know, God forbid they put two. Yeah. Yeah. I was not saying and that Greta Gerwig only gets nominated to check a box. I was not saying that. I do, I do. I think it depends on the movie. No, she's super talented. Like, in all of her movies, like, make, wait, it's like Lady Bird she was nominated for. They love, like, she is worthy. Little Women. Right. Oh, you know what? You want to know the craziest thing about me? That we are not Little Women. That women? we are huge readers who grew up in a family of four sisters who love timepieces and we have never read Little Women or seen or it. Or seen it. And it just came out. No, and the, well, it didn't just come out. I feel like. No, wait, they just did a new version. It's yeah. not like we have to go watch a movie from the 60s. No, but I would think I'd rather watch an older one. Like, no offense. Like, My Little Women doesn't include Timothy Chalamet. Like, <laughs> I feel like I just want to read the book and like get the pure version. I'm low-key mad, though, because I watch Friends and they spoil it in Friends. I feel like also that book we just read beautiful for your book club and Napolitano yes where they say I'm a Joe or, I'm having a Joe hello beautiful wait wait so don't spoil no, it no, they say hello I'm beautiful like a Joe day no because whatever you're thinking like if I think about I know hello beautiful was kind of like um influenced a lot by little women like I think oh. the book itself and also the the characters and they also identify with little women and I feel like if I think about it too hard I'll figure out whatever the thing is about I won't women. say it, but yes, in the book, it was like this cute thing all the sisters did when they were having a bad day. They would say, I'm having a blank day. I forget what sister it was. They were like, I'm yeah. having like a Jackie day, essentially, or whoever the equivalent was. <laughs> now, I just want to reiterate one more time. I do think Greta Gerwig is a good movie director. I feel like people are going to come for me that I said she checks a box. That's not what I was saying. I was saying- like, No, you say the Oscars like to check they a box. They do. And so they always like, oh, we're going to get in trouble if we don't give it to a woman. So they put Greta Gerwig. She is deserving, but they never put like more than one. For sure. I don't, I think you've made yourself clear. Okay. Cause like, and if anyone like still doesn't like believe you or understand you, that's on them. Great. You've made it clear. Then other interesting categories would just be best original song. Oh yeah. The Fire Inside from Flamin' Hot. I'm Just Ken from Barbie and Never Went Away. American Symphony, a song for my people, Killers of the Flower Moon. What was I made for, Barbie? Yeah. I don't know how they evaluate like song of the year when it comes to Oscars. Like, do they really care about how people, you know, outside of the movie enjoyed it? Like the Barbie song? Because that one became so popular. But maybe with their rigorous criteria for what qualifies as best song, maybe they think a different song that like, was better for the movie, you know? Like, is it more about the movie? Is it about success? Like, streams? I don't know. But does this mean that Ryan Gosling is singing at the Oscars? Yes. Wow. I'm just kidding. Anywhere else I'd be a 10. It's like a funny parody song. Is it Oscar worthy? That I don't know. 
I don't know, but I feel like he would wouldn't want to perform at the Oscars. Like no, he's he was already... in the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse kids. Oh, that's true. What was that thing called? Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah. No. Mickey, Mickey Mouse. No, Mickey. What the hell? Hold on. No, Let I want to come to it on my own. Like it might have been Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Mickey's Until... kids. Mickey's house. It wasn't Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. What was it called? The Mickey Mouse Club. Mickey Mouse Club. Yes. So he definitely like has, you know, stage presence. That's true. By the way, something we didn't talk about and, you know, we're not the only ones is that Justin Timberlake announced that he has a new song coming out. It's called Selfish. And yeah. Well, I conducted a fun experiment because I said to Claudia, like, we have to see what my husband thinks to see if Justin Timberlake still has any fans. So I recorded a video. I was like, by the way, babe. And I sent it to Claudia, just like we were chuckling. We were. I said, Justin Timberlake has new music coming out. And he said, oh, I'm excited. I said, oh, you still like him? He said, yeah, he's like one of my favorites. You know that. And I was like, oh, okay, so you're going to listen? He was like, yeah. But did he know that he had new music coming out? Or did you break the information to him? I'll have to rewatch the video. Because like if even a fan of his doesn't even didn't know, know. Like, no one cares. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but my husband isn't so plugged into the music scene like he once was. It's true. He's a father of two. Like, yeah, no, but he used to be like so into like new music, new albums, like always. And now he just listens to like the music that he knows and loves. He doesn't like go into new music. I so feel that, by the way. Yeah, I feel myself doing that too. New music is exhausting. Yeah, I feel like you get to an age in life, like all people do, where you have your music, like you don't go out discovering new music, like you listen to the classics. Yeah, and that's like when you were a kid in the car with your parents, they were listening to their classics, and now you are in the car with your kid playing and your like, classics. And I'm like, please, can we listen to Luke Combs? Right, like in a few years, the kids are going to want to be listening to like, you know, whatever's hot. Lil Yachty, yeah. No, I don't think it'll be Lil Yachty in a few years. It'll be like someone we don't know. True. Someone who's like six now. Right. <laughs> They're Hannah Montana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like some of those new artists right now, like, will be, they'll be having their legendary era mm. yeah. in a few years. Perhaps. Are you ready for our next story? What number is it? Two. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So Sofia Vergara is talking about her split from Joe Manganiello, and she said that she didn't want to be an old mom, and that's really what it came down to. She said, my marriage broke up because my husband was younger. He wanted to have kids, and I didn't want to be an old mom. As a reminder, she is 51, and he is 47. She said, I feel it's not fair to the baby. She said, although she respects those who wish to welcome children later in life, the path is just not for her anymore. I had a son at 19 who is now 32, and I'm ready to be a grandmother, not a mother. I'm almost in menopause. It's the natural way of things. When my son becomes a dad, let him bring the baby to me for a while, and then I'll give it back to him and go on with my life. <laughs> That's what I have to do. Um I don't know if we knew that this was the case, but the, when we reported on their breakup, I think we we said this. Either we knew it or we thought that maybe because he was younger, he wanted to have kids. Um, so I feel like this is so, like, weirdly healthy. Like, yeah. Like, she's putting up her own boundaries. Like, having kids is not in the cards for her anymore, A, because of, like, biology. But B, she's already a mom. Like, that part of her life is over. Um, but for him, it's like, if it's something that's really important to him, he shouldn't have to give that up either. So this is just, like, a really sad scenario. Because it wasn't like there was love lost or no. cheating. 
No, just like people grow and change. And he grew into someone who wanted kids more and more. She also said that she thought the press was very respectful and nice of their breakup. She said, I thought they were going to invent more things and you know how it usually is, but it wasn't bad. Okay, good. And that makes me happy that he has this, you know, new girlfriend who's around his same age and she's pregnant, right? Or did I make that up? I'm sorry. No, I think we were saying like, she will be. She, oh, they are knocking boots. Yeah, I don't know if yet, because I think he needs to decide if, like, oh, is this the mother of his children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I am available. <laughs> and Sophia now wants to just date someone who already has kids. Of because course. Because I don't think she wants this to be an issue. No, of course. This is so fair. And this is, how old is Joe Manganiello? 47. It's, like, so crazy. Like, the like biologically. Like, even if, she, even if they were the same exact age, 47. Like, it's still not really an option for Sophia, like, and I'm sure she would feel the same way at 47 that she does at 51. It's only four years difference. Like, it's just so crazy, like, the difference how a man can have a baby, like, whenever he just wants to. Like, Robert De Niro. Yeah, yeah but also the fact that she already had a child and he didn't. Yes, that plays a huge factor, too. Maybe if because she didn't. Because when they got together, if she had never had a child, then earlier in their relationship, they would have. And then they would have gotten true, older true. together. True, but earlier in their relationship, what was she, 47. No, they've been together. They were married seven years. Okay. So she would have been in her early 40s. No, she could have done it in her early 40s, yeah. Yeah. But it seems like she's the type of person who's not into the idea of having kids at a, what society would say, traditionally older age. That's not something she's, like, for. Right. No. Because she said, like, it's not fair to the baby. Yeah, but also her perspective is just from somebody who had a baby at 19 who's really young. Yeah, and someone who was like did the newborns age thirty years ago right. doesn't want to do it again. No, relatable, relatable. Yeah, no, I think this all just like makes sense and is sad, and I hope everyone's doing well. And it does make um, me really sad, actually. Like, yeah, I forget who I was just having this conversation with, but it was a friend of mine who's married and doesn't have children. She was like, when we got married, we planned to have children, and then as years went on, we were both just like less and less into it. So they came to the conclusion together. Which was like, oh, that's like kind of ideal. Like, you know, not everyone gets that. This situation sucks. It's the opposite. It sucks. Yeah, growing apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for our next story? Yes. Kim Kardashian becomes oh. the Balenciaga brand ambassador after their campaign scandal. So she's all in with Balenciaga again after reevaluating her relationship with the fashion house following its 2022 campaign scandal of inappropriate children posing with inappropriate objects. She is the new brand ambassador again. I could put out, read the statement she put out that's like boring and crappy. Um, This fucking sucks. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I I just almost wish she never even left because like this is to me more spineless than than just sticking it out like sticking with your contract you could have hidden behind the contract like this is just like let me wait for it to die down and it actually has not died down I was really surprised to see like all over my TikTok and stuff people really like being not even offended but like kind of grossed out grossed out I don't think it's died down I it hasn't for me like for me Balenciaga will be forever marred by this also because there was no Ex, like responsibility accepted there no were investigation no investigations no one was let loose from the company like nothing changed like this they kind of said yeah we did that shit it's so true there were no sort of there was no falling out 
Yeah, so that's like the people who who was responsible for this freakery. Right, they're still there and working. So it's still the same. Like, so no, nothing's changed. So nothing's changed for me. The last time I went shopping, the sale rack was all Balenciaga. I don't see people wearing Balenciaga really in the day-to-day. I don't see people like when they're doing fits, like posing on their Instagram Balenciaga. Me neither. What are your thoughts on like just a, a lay person who like, you know, saved up to buy a Balenciaga bag many years ago. Like, what do they do wear with that, that shit. Wear it. Wear yeah, it. I agree. If you own Balenciaga before all this, you should wear it, you know. And, you know, we can tell what's this season and what's... <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, from, if you have a Balenciaga city bag, yeah, you better fucking wear That's it. That's what I'm talking you spend about. money on Like, it. so many people, like, for years, that bag was, like, the it bag. So many people, like, collected them and loved them and paid yeah, for them. Yeah, it's, it's a great bag. Also, those mini b- bags with the bees on them, like, are really cute. And I if know. you already owned one, you should wear it. I do wish I had purchased one before the strike. Yeah, but now they're on sale. <laughs> uh, I'll survive. Also, um, just about people wearing the city bag. So now they put out these campaign photos. They have a few new brand ambassadors. Nicola Ann Pelt is also one of them. No. Which to me is like less shocking than Kim because I feel like she's trying to break into the fashion of industry course. and it's like, oh, here's a side door that no one wants to walk through. How no, about you? I, I agree. Like I get I get why, although it is disappointing. This isn't a person who needs the work, Nicola Pelz. Yeah, but in the photos, the new campaign photos, they're all wearing the Balenciaga city bags in like a large size. And in Kim's photo, it's like in her closet and all of the handbags on her shelf are Balenciaga bags, but it feels like they're bringing back the city bag. And I feel like they're trying to get in on what we're saying, which is like people will only wear vintage Balenciaga. So let's, what's old is new again. And now it looks like we're part of the zeitgeist. No, I saw that picture of Kim at the city bag. I was like, oh, I guess those bags are back. And they always like had the mini ones, but they were never like their main, like recently haven't been like their main shtick, which for so many years, I feel like that's how I was like introduced to the brand. Yeah. With okay, that Nicola Peltzing is like is a bummer. I'm not gonna lie, but I agree with you. Like I, I can I can wrap my head around the decision making more than I can Kim. Like Kim is a person with access, unlimited access, unlimited resources, unlimited respect. Honestly, she can get invited to any fashion show. Like she is the person she always wanted to be. Like this obsession with the fashion world that she's had for a while, ever since they like dissed her and wouldn't accept her until she was Kanye's wife and the couch thing at the Black Gala. It's been a journey, and I totally understand. I think a lot of it is rooted in like insecurity and just wanting to prove people wrong. She talks about that all the time on the show. How like. She cares what people think and she wants to change people's minds about her. I get it. But like at some point, and I also get being the type, and she gets dragged a lot for like being a person obsessed with success and money and accomplishments and like stomping on other people and other things to get there. And like, I don't necessarily think all the time that's a bad thing, honestly. Like I, I think that's a sometimes like a really a good part of a work ethic. This is an example of like a person taking it so far and like kind of lo- lo- losing the plot. Beyond, I, I have to believe that there is a reason why she would enter into another campaign with them when she could literally be the face of any brand at this point and she's choosing this one we need to know like she just needs to make it like what is it just tell us and it's yeah, not we don't money. understand like just tell us it can't be money like I, I it's just... not money because any brand would pay her more a ton of money and she has a ton of money like it's not like she needs the money so I don't think it's about money what is it it's something that we don't know. I also think this just kind of further cements Kim really being in her flop era. I thought she was emerging from it because I, I thought she was me, too. 
even for me, like there were things that were exciting me. And now I'm taken back to this place of like, what are you doing? No, and now like with the Eras tour, like winding down, not in the US anymore. Like you really couldn't focus on, no other celebrity could be having a moment except for Taylor in the last like eight months. But now that the Eras tour is going abroad and everyone's not every single week talking about four different Taylor Swift stories, you know, another Phoenix could rise. And so I, I agree. I also thought she was maybe coming out of the flop era, but this is really bad, like for real. Yeah, and I think the show's coming back soon. Did we see a trailer for it? Did we? Or just no. in my dreams? No, we, I don't think we did. <laughs> well, Skin by Kim Beauty is coming back. Right, right. She made like a bunch of waves recently, that TikTok. Like she was doing good work, you know? And this, we're back square one. It's so strange. Especially because she's such, I feel like she's not this, uh, the type, she's not an unprincipled person. And what, what, we, what do we know that is important to her? Her family, her faith. These are things that are incongruous with the crimes of Balenciaga. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, major flop. Yeah. But like she knew it would be, so why did she do it? I need to know. Because there, there's something being held She's against. got her reasons. Something Just is being like held against. you. She's being held against her will. Like there's, there's something There's like blackmail. Yeah. Kim, set yourself free. Whatever, Whatever it, is. it is, it can't be worse, it can't than, be this. worse than this. Actually, it makes you think it has to be worse than this. I don't think it could be. Huh. Okay. Are you ready for our next story? This one's number four. No, no, I'm not. Thank you. I love that you've been doing that recently. I know you get frazzled and dizzy, like, and, and you kind of like lose like your. No, that's not what it is. In the I get, map, I get in so the map lost. of the show. You get lost in where we are. No, I get so lost in your beautiful storytelling that I definitely like forget where I am. And where I am is Drizzly. Today's sponsor is your January. Or she's drunk. <laughs> is your January looking dry? Get some lotion, get a humidifier, and better yet, get Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices across local stores to get the best price on a huge selection of drinks for dry January every single time. Non-alcoholic wines? Have a look. Ready-made mocktails? Grab a straw and order them up. Beer without the alcohol? Yep, you can take your pick. You can find them all here in the app on your phone that's literally in your hand. It could not be any more simpler. So shop for great deals on all your dry January beverages or other drinks and get them delivered to your door or, you know, whatever fort you've constructed with out of blankets. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. You must be 21 or older. It's not available in all locations. And don't forget to lotion up your elbows because they are looking a little dry. So that Drizzly app is spelled D-R-I-Z-L-Y, the go-to app for drink delivery. Whether you're doing dry January or not, you still deserve delicious drinks even if it's dry January. So they have great like canned mocktails, non-alcoholic beer. You can still enjoy, party it up with Drizzly. If you're not doing dry January, you get the regular stuff too. Drizzly.com or D-R-I-Z-L-Y app. App. Thank you, La. App. Is that all? Oh, yeah. Okay. Our next story, Elon Musk makes a private visit to Auschwitz-Birkenau ahead of an anti-Semitism symposium that he spoke on. He brought his son X. Okay, I'm really sorry. I know this is an important story, but like, how did you just pronounce Auschwitz? Auschwitz? You said Auschwitz. Listen. Just, not that it matters, but I feel like it's Auschwitz. Auschwitz, fine. Yeah. Auschwitz, Auschwitz. Auschwitz. <laughs> Anyways, Elon went to Auschwitz with X. 
What did I say this time? Auschwitz. <laughs> now said, I'm feeling self-conscious. No, you were just giving like Stalin. Like, wait, no, is Stalin German? No. I was getting you know confused. Who's, you know who's German? Hitler. Yeah. Uh, Heil. <laughs> oh yeah, our mics. Our mic brand is, it's, and I'm sure this brand is not affiliated with the Holocaust or Hitler in any way, but the name is H-E-I-L, which I feel like is a bad name for any company. I actually don't have Heil because oh. I stand against anti-Semitism. Oh, is yours Road? Yeah. Oh, mine's Heil. And I can't see it without thinking, Heil! Well, how could you? No, also, uh, Hitler has ruined a lot of things for me. Ovens, like, really, you can't think about I can't open an oven without thinking about it, like, for real. Um, he's ruined the word Heil, obviously, but he's also ruined the number nine. Nine. He's I also ruined the word mine. Uh, he's ruined the word comp, for sure. <laughs> For sure, but that's like not our word. That's his word. He's ruined like the color red. Like he's ruined a lot of things. Yeah. Um, he, he also ruined, ruined the wagon. He ruined European Jewry. Oh, of course. I mean, duh. Like I was <laughs> trying to be like. No, no, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, he did ruin that um, for sure. But like also the G wagon. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, back to the story at hand because it's Sorry. a beautiful one. If I that's agree. okay. La. Yeah. Um, Elon made a private visit to. Auschwitz, which is a death camp, um, the biggest one from the Holocaust where over 1 million Jews were murdered. He took his son, Baby X, and he was part of an EJA, European Jewish uh, Association delegation that went along oh, with I guess US. it's like UJA in Europe. That's what I was thinking, EJA. For sure, for sure. I'm sure it's a wonderful organization, but like they're not doing a good job because like European Jews are constantly threatened. In trouble. It's so true. But I do want to say, like I feel uh, like a kind of regular part of Jewish life in America is like when you turn about 18, like you do one of these trips. There are many organizations. They're called like March of the Living. Um, we went with our school and you like visit different camps. Auschwitz is probably the most popular one to visit. One, because it's the biggest and two because it's really been made into like a museum and and they have tour guides and all most of the buildings are are still erect and it's so fucking freaky um and there's just like a, probably the most records from that place because it was so big and i feel like it should be mandatory for everyone like you know there's an 18 like you turn 18 you go to the army in some countries like you should go to a concentration camp in america yeah, he um, spoke about, so he spoke on this anti-Semitism symposium with Ben Shapiro, but he spoke about how, you know, he still learned about the Holocaust, but it's very different, like walking it and seeing it firsthand. Um, he said that he's aspirationally Jewish because um, most of his friends are Jewish. He said two thirds of his friends are Jewish. So he's Jewish by association. We're happy to have you, Elon. That is so sweet. And I think that this is like, this is real allyship. Yeah, I mean, there's been a, a huge conversation. A lot of people are like, Claudia and Jackie, why are you guys always talking about Elon? He's an anti-Semite. He He's responded. not an anti-Semite. No, so wait, let me, wait. They had said, like, he responded to this tweet. So I, I looked. He did respond to a tweet that was, like, a little, like, I wouldn't have said it that way. No, and, and overly generalized and clumsy. And so people were like, Elon, the fuck is up with this tweet? And he was like, oh, you know what? I reread it. I'm sorry. I actually, I don't agree with that. I shouldn't have posted it. So yeah, so then you want to, so a lot of people were still calling him anti-Semitic, even though he reneged on what he said. So, okay. But then he did, you know, take a trip to Israel, visit, you know, where the biggest massacre since the Holocaust happened, visited all the kibbutz, vis met with families, has spoken so much about anti-Semitism. He just now went to Poland to visit Auschwitz. Like, could we stop now? Like, for real. He's obviously not an anti-Semite. Like, seriously. No, they can't stop calling him an anti-Semite. You have to read past the headlines. They also like to cite that X, the 
formerly Twitter, has seen a rise in anti-Semitism. I mean, all social media has. Have you been on TikTok? TikTok. As we've stated already before, but I guess we have to say it again, like there are, there's research and data that has come out of like the most anti-Semitic platforms. X is not number one. It's not number two. No, and it's like so fabulous that everybody has all this energy for anti-Semitism, but I don't understand why it's solely when it relates to Elon Musk. And I know no, Elon it's Musk, completely misguided. Elon Musk has like made himself an enemy of like of the public because he's like a renegade and he says not the to- public of the media, media elite. And he like you know does things differently and he says and does what he wants. And it's like I wish people had all this energy for anti-Semitism, like actual anti-Semitism, as they do for Elon. Because the Elon one, I looked into it as a Jew. I looked into it. I don't find this person who just visited visited Auschwitz Birkenau to be anti-Semitic. I don't. So it's like, okay, but let's keep that energy up for the others. No, like if you have all this an- energy for anti-Semitism, let me show you a few things you can channel it towards. If you have all this energy for anti-Semitism, I've got a couple Instagram accounts that you should look through. Like there's, so, it's so insane to me. Like it's like enough already for real. No, it's, it's foolish. But the thing is people really fall for it because even today you'll see in comments people being like, Elon's an anti-Semite. And it's like, really? No, and we need to like not do with do da- like um what's the word uh overuse the word anti-semite because when these I, I do really believe when like a lot of social movements happen people get like a little uh, they start saying like well this is anti-semitic and that's anti-semitic and sometimes it's not and it i don't want the it word takes to lose, away i don't want the word to lose its meaning which i think can happen in like social media advocacy but there's no lack of anti-Semitism for you to be speaking up against. So if yeah. you want to bring your energy and, and stand with the Jews, let's start with October 7th. How about that? Yeah, I, I love that. Anyway, someone who's at Auschwitz wearing a dog tag to bring the hostages home and a yarmulke and bringing his young son so he can also see what happened. Like, stop. 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 Like, don't be stupid. Like, for real. Like, let's move on. No, yeah, seriously, don't be stupid. No, like I understand, like maybe you you read some things and you got convinced and like you were trapped. But like now let's look at the facts. You were wrong. I'll allow it. Let's move on. Yeah. And I like to think of ourselves as like anti-Semitism watchdogs. Oh, you know? we are we are the posting police. You should see this group chat we have. It's like five of us where we literally screenshot every single thing that's posted online that's even remotely like similar or could be connected to anti-Semitism. And we dissect that shit. Like we know who's anti-Semitic and we know who's not. And uh, the and group, we'll chat, let you know the group I'm- chat has officially decreed Elon Musk is not an anti-Semite. Yet, and we'll always let you know on the show when someone's doing something or not doing someone, someone's being accused of anti-Semitism or they're using anti-Semitism to fur- like to take further someone down cause. when it's not about the anti- further <clears> their <throat> cause. And the watchdogs... No, call off the dogs. Elon's not an anti-Semite. In fact, he's an ally. I would agree. And perhaps one of the most powerful we have. So we really need to stop. Yeah, not we, you. You, yeah, 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 sorry. (laughs) Couldn't be me. (laughs) Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Oh my God, should I sing this song? It's kind of been a while. And I've been hearing cries for it. And I'm not just saying that so I can sing. I swear to God. Sure, I'll never stop you from singing, La. It didn't sound like you were like so excited for me to sing. No, sure, because I'll never stop you from singing. When have I ever stopped you from singing? Okay, so ask me again if I'm ready for the final story. Are you ready for the fifth and final story, La? <gasps> the final story. The final story. Elon Musk is not an anti 
great. But I know someone who is. That's funny. Great minds. Yeah, no, that's why we have to bring this talk back. It sparks creativity. It does. That's just like I want my dinner now, which came because two Disney adults got married. And instead of paying for food and dinner, they paid for Mickey and Minnie to come. And now people are asking, like, do you understand why someone could do that? Yeah, I want my dinner now with such an OG inside toast joke that I actually didn't even remember what it was about until you just repeated it. But for anyone who's new here, we had reported on a story. I believe it was the fourth story where these two Disney adults got married and they really wanted like the big characters, the caricatures to make an appearance at their wedding, but their budget really didn't allot for it. So they decided to forego food <laughs> and instead use that money for Mickey and Minnie to arrive at their wedding and like take pictures and interact with the guests. And people online were giving their thoughts and I thought it was nuts. And I said, you know, if I was a guest, I want my dinner now. That's <laughs> what I would say if I was a guest. Now me, I don't know. Oh, so now that you've witnessed the magic, would you, I you might think- starve for Mickey? But they didn't want their guests to starve. They wrote, they encouraged them, please eat before. Kind of like best of both worlds. Yeah, because like wedding food's never that good. So at least you got to meet Mick. There's something about the man. For sure. He's got something. <laughs> He's got Riz. He's got buddies. He's in magazines. He He's makes got more, more money. money. Then any Oh, yeah, and that's the other thing about Mickey. He's wealthy. He's kind of like the uh, Carlisle Cullen of his world. He's been around for so long. He's got stocks since the early 1900s. Yeah, no, but he also, he has parks. He has shows. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's making moves. Licensing deals, you know. Like he owns ESPN. Right. Maybe he he can give us our show. Claudia, that's who we need to suck up to. Oh, my God. He also owns, like, Desperate Housewives. He's an amazing man. Yeah. Of course he's a little crazy. Who isn't? Right. What? Show me a genius that isn't. (laughs) Our fifth and final story, Rihanna fangirls over Natalie Portman and vice versa at Paris Fashion Week. So... At Paris Fashion Week, Rihanna and Natalie Portman ran into one another. Natalie Portman at first fangirls over Rihanna because, like, who wouldn't? But then Rihanna couldn't help but fangirl over Natalie herself ahead of the Christian Dior fashion show. So Rihanna gushed over Natalie just seconds after seeing her arrive at the Haute Couture show. She said, you are one of the hottest Hollywood, hottest bitches in Hollywood forever. Oh, that's she like added, so nice. I know. She added that she's a fan of hers. She said, you do the most innocent look. And I'm like, ah. The compliment took Natalie aback as she revealed that she, in turn, was a huge fan of Rihanna. She told the singer that she might faint and black out after hearing the compliments. That's actually really funny because when I first saw this, I was like, how in the world does Rihanna even know, like, Natalie Portman? But then, like, they really, Natalie Portman, like, is obviously a classic actress, been around forever, but she's such a fashion it girly. She's the face of, I think... Dior perfume. Yeah, thank you. Oh my God, duh, moron. Um, and she has been for a while. She's like a real fashion it girl. And of course, Rihanna's like so fashiony and influential in the fashion world. So actually, I do believe that Rihanna like kind of stands. But what's so crazy is Natalie Portman, one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood, et cetera, et cetera. When she's standing next to Rihanna, who is just like an icon, a period. Presence. Natalie Portman looks like she works for... <laughs> she's a stagehand you know she yeah. looks like a regular person who's there to walk Rihanna into the show there are certain people who have that effect and there are also certain people 
who like no matter who they're talking to, the person is going to be freaking out. And Rihanna is one of those people. Beyonce is one of those people. Taylor Swift is one of those people. Like even if Taylor Swift was talking to like, you know, the president, like anyone would like be on their knees. It's like really crazy. And Rihanna is one of those people too. Because Natalie Portman is like a list for the last 20 years. Like she's really in an upper echelon of fame and like even Rihanna like she's dying but it makes you think like as a celebrity like even if you're A-list there are people who will humble you you know and oh yeah thankfully for like Natalie Portman like Rihanna was just as excited to meet her and like that was exciting and excitement might excite them but like you could think your front row Dior like my shit don't stink but then Rihanna walks in and it's like oh I'm not Rihanna all right so who do you think is in that like top top tier Rihanna Beyonce Taylor Swift. Do you think there are any men? For other men. Like David Beckham. No, I no. don't think David, no. The Rock? Oh, uh, okay, The Rock. Like at one point, like Kobe Bryant was in that crew. Okay. But I guess the... Tom no, Brady? I, I take The Rock out. I take The Rock out too. Tom Brady. Yeah, the goat. LeBron. Yep. LeBron. Put that finger up. Okay, finger but you up. have to add Tom Brady. I did. But He's five. Okay, then LeBron in six. Yeah, LeBron. Because there are people who I feel like could have gotten to that success, and that's why I took out The Rock or, like, I was going to say A-Rod. But, after, like, they're both so commercial, and they do so much. It's like, honestly, I don't even know if I want to meet you. Like, <laughs> it's, like, too much. Yeah, the, these people are, like, yeah, deity. Exactly. Like spiritual. Yeah, there's more. Just For sure. I think six is a good place to Sound off it. in the comments. Who do you think else do you think is in that upper echelon? Yeah. Woohoo. That's our show. And I enjoyed every minute of it. Me as well. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening to the Toast of Millennium Morning Show, where we deliver the fast side stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, bitch, please feel free to like and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places where we listen to podcasts. Find us at Toast, leave a five-star review about how beautiful, about how stunning, and how wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have an amazing day, and we'll see you tomorrow for Hump Day. Bye. Love ya. Bye.